is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam. And this is Jamal Dijani. Jamal, we have really a great show today. We're, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, but we're fortunate and actually honored to have in studio with us Professor Rabab Abdulhadi. Professor Abdulhadi, you know, uh, actually internationally and nationally renowned uh, academic on the question of Palestine, founder of the uh, Ahmed program at San Francisco State, really kind of uh, among the intellectual elite on the question of Palestine. And Rabab, we want to thank you as always for being with us today. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, thank you for having me. Oh, well, it's really a pleasure. Yeah, well, we, we always enjoy having you, as you know that. But there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. Because uh, well, we have a lot to begin. Well, with. like the annexation of Palestine, formal annexation, and I mean Jamal, this is really unbelievable. I shouldn't say unbelievable. I always say un- it's it's very believable news given the political climate with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and the uh, his you know impending indictment, the re-election coming up, or the I don't know if it'll be a re-election, but the election that's coming up mm-hmm. in Israel. So he's scrambling, it seems, to create something to be able to try to win this election. But annexing Palestine isn't playing well anywhere in the world right now. But maybe you could, before we engage with uh, Professor Abdul Hadi on this, we can get a little background from you. Yeah, well, uh, first I want to apologize to our listeners and viewers on Facebook Live, uh, but I want to direct them to uh, to my Facebook page. The uh, video for this uh, will be posted later. Will be posted later, maybe within the next 24 hours, because it's getting pre-recorded. And uh, because of technical problems right here at KPOO. So uh, going back to the whole issue, Jess, I'm a little bit conflicted about it because the way the media has been presenting that this is something new and it is the right-wing government of Benjamin Netanyahu. But the whole annexation, this has been a slow process and it's basically, you know, uh, the government of Benjamin Netanyahu has been codifying apartheid. In, you know, there is no other word to describe uh, what's going on there except for this. And so now, because he's desperate, Benjamin Netanyahu is desperate. This is a runoff election. As you know, he wasn't able, he wasn't able to form a coalition. He's trying all kinds of formulas. One of them is the annexation of, uh, not the entire West Bank, he's now talking about the Jordan Valley. And then we'll talk about the strategic importance of the Jordan Valley to well, Palestinians, course. but also uh, for its agriculture, so it's one of the richest, basically, areas of the whole West Bank as far when it comes to agriculture and so forth. And then uh, the other thing that he has been doing, uh, it's, it's almost like a comedy because also I want to talk a little bit about the, 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 uh, the comedy that's happening now between his wife and uh, Adelson's wife, you know, during these elections. But... Uh, Another story, this is also we will be following afterwards talking about Israeli spying on yes. Donald Trump, basically on the, on the White House, yeah. uh, also with very minimal coverage and very minimal focus on it. If it was the Iranians who were doing this, 
It would all be hell. Different, all exactly. Hell so people are making excuses. Was it the Israelis or wasn't it the Israelis? They're denying it. And then my simple answer to this is like, hey. Where, where have you been? No, my simple answer maybe does Jonathan Pollard ring, ring a bell? A bell. <laughs> and so they're, they're basically also trying to bury this. So let's go to Dr. Rabab Abdel Hadi now and talk about this uh, so-called plan for annexation. Maybe give us some historical context well, I, also, yes. Rabab. I mean, I think, uh, first of all, this is definitely a desperate move. This is a desperate move from, but I think we need to think about which angle we are taking. If we're talking about the whole question of the Israeli elections, it's very clear that Netanyahu is trying every trick in the world in order for him to get off from being indicted on corruption and on illegal charges and end up in prison. I mean, this is really one of the things, and this is why he also concocted the law in order for him to, to have a new elections, okay? They could not, he couldn't form a coalition. So, and he was trying to do it. So he said, oh, we couldn't find the coalition, then let's have another election. But under it all, it's also about his attempt to be able to get away with the corruption, with this, with this uh, theft and so on. I, just, so I, sh I should just also say that, by the way, this is a trademark of Israeli politics. Yes. I mean, Israeli and the U.S., including the Trump administration, they run around and they say everybody in the world is corrupt. Last week, there was a huge obituary about Robert Mugabe in the New York Times. I and one of the writers talking about corruption, this corruption, that as if corruption is a DNA in the third world liberation movements. While these people excel in corruption, I mean, settler right. colonial regimes are They're actually. Excellent at so it. that's one thing. Okay, yeah. So I think this is really important to think about that. But then the question is that it's a smokescreen for Netanyahu in order for him to cover himself, to be able to stay in power and try to see if he could um, avoid an indictment, an indictment and avoid being prosecuted yeah. about this. So this is he's also planning other laws. So this is one of the issues. But then this becomes sort of the discussion in mainstream media. What Netanyahu wants, what the blue and white party, blue and white, just to remind our listeners, blue and white refers to the Israeli flag. The Israeli flag is white background with two uh, lines and in the middle of him is the Star of David that is representing the two rivers, the, the river and the sea. When mm -hmm. people when people criticize Mark Lamont Hill for saying Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, actually they forget that the Israeli flag Says it has the, the river and the sea. So it's really actually it has to do to, to it actually talks about Euphrates Nile to the Euphrates. So it's actually even much bigger than what Mark Lamont Hill was talking about. But this is uh, Gans' party. And then the third party is Barak, who is running in the election, who also was, was very well known. I mean, he was the head of the Mossad who went around and assassinated Palestinian leaders. So all these people actually have crimes against humanity on their record. And so, but I think if we step back from what is going on with the Israeli scene itself, and a lot of the media is only discussing that, what does this mean for Palestine? What does it mean for the struggle for justice? This is, the, it is an, a creeping annexation. It's a continuance. Doesn't mean that we should not be shocked about it. Doesn't mean that people should not be organizing about it. Does not mean that this is really another example that shows us that definitely the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, boycotting Israel, sanctions, divesting from Israel, and imposing sanctions on Israel, so Israel will abide by the international law, is actually more important than ever now. And it also coincides with the desperate attempts by the pro-Israeli lobby and the groups here in the U.S. who are trying so desperately and by any means possible in order for them to cover up Israeli crimes. What does this mean for the Palestinians? I think there is another historical thing that we really need to remember. The Jordan Valley, 
That's where Jericho is. And if you remember, right, right. before the Oslo Accords, the, uh, the, the, the slogan was Jericho and Gaza first. So they destroyed Gaza. Gaza is under blockade. Gaza is isolated. Uh, Gaza doesn't have access to water, doesn't have abilities to live and so on. They're trying to really starve people of Gaza and, and choke the life out of them. And now they go to the Jordan Valley and say, we're going to also take over uh, this piece that is part of the breadbasket. Because we also need to remember that also Hebron <laughs> is constantly uh, labeled as the breadbasket. And then when Israel actually went and, uh, and shut Hebron, and remember during the Aqsa Intifada, they separated right. the south of the West Bank from the north of the West Bank to choke any possibilities. And I remember at that time there were discussions about the big uh, shipping 18-wheelers um, um, that would bring let's say tomatoes, grapes, uh, things from Hebron to actually take them not only to the north of the West Bank, but to also export them to Jordan. And they would have to go through Wadi Nar, which is the, the valley of fire, which is like 45 degrees, very difficult to go from one place to the other. Israel prevented them to go through Jerusalem because they had already annexed Jerusalem. So it's really important to remember that there is all these annexations that are happening. And it's really important for us to, to move to dislocate, to decenter what Israeli pol politics need and think about what does this mean for the Palestinians and what does this mean for the international movement that is in solidarity for, with the Palestinians and what does this mean for the indivisibility of justice what, in Palestine your, and everywhere what's, else. What's your answer, Rabab? What's I, your initial analysis? I, th I mean, I think this is definitely uh, one of the things is that the media is missing the boat right. by only talking about what's happening with Netanyahu. I think it's really important for us to highlight what's going on. It's really important important for us to highlight how Netanyahu and Trump are feeding off each other, sort of like white supremacist settler colonialism, Inc. Both of them are feeding into each other and they are supporting each other. And both are really administrations that are full of corrupt individuals anyway and failing governments, by the way. I mean, really, that the governments are also failing. So they're not even in the business of doing good government as well. So I think but I think also we need to also stay away, uh, talk about that, analyze it, think about it and understand what it means, because that's what people here in the mainstream media. But at the same time, we need to displace and decenter the uh, project by settler colonialism and think about what does this mean for people's lives and what people are doing. And I see this as a desperate attempt to try to cover up for Israel crimes. That the Zionist movement has failed. I mean, right. they've really failed miserably with all their attempts, with all their money, with all their power, with support from the from the uh, Trump administration. So they have failed. They have failed to convince the international community that this is okay. They have failed to stop Palestinian but, and silence the resistance. But do you yeah. think they care about that failure or they care about just grabbing land without yes, its I people. Yes, I agree. And they just yeah. keep driving through creating yes. facts on the ground. Yes. Which it's, uh, and also when we discuss this issue, mm. we also have to also include the Palestinian uh, Authority in, in this discussion. Right. Because since Oslo, mm -hmm. nothing yes. has happened. In, in fact, things have deteriorated. Yes. Actually, so we yes. cannot also yes. discuss this in a vacuum. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I think there is the perfect storm, mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, mm -hmm. for Israel to annex the West Bank, mm -hmm. whether they succeed or not, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But Netanyahu is looking at it as the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. He has basically pretty much the Palestinian Authority has destroyed itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that destroyed itself. And with it, the Palestinian with, war, with, in a know, way. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. to he has mm -hmm. now his opportunity. That's what he feels, the full support of the yeah, White House, yeah, yeah. and he's a, he's desperate. 
and he has only one major source of supporters within the Israeli public, mm-hmm. the settlers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 800,000... Not 000, even all the settlers, by the way, because they are split over Lieberman and over yes, but, multiple... Yes, but, but he yeah. feels this is, this, is, this is just like Trump mm-hmm. when Trump... Uh, you know, starts talking nonsense. He's and when he talking, gets stuck, when yeah, he gets stuck, they start yeah. addressing yeah. Mm-hmm. basically their core groups, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And the same thing now. He wants their eight hundred thousand plus votes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all what he cares mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. and he knows this is the only way he can get elected. Mm-hmm. He's very desperate. He's getting into a fight with Sheldon Adelson, who today, and this is something I want to, yeah. who basically Sheldon Adelson, his uh, newspaper. Israel uh, Hayom, yes. which was investigated in 2015 for being corruption charges for against Netanyahu, for being well, not only for being um, basically in Netanyahu's pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. That yes. it, they just basically was an arm of the Netanyahu propaganda, mm-hmm. and of course they. By, by the way, the the the, uh, uh, the charges were dropped because they said they didn't have enough evidence. And guess what? Just yesterday. Uh, Sheldon Adelson's wife was saying publicly, oh, we've spent 60 million, we've wasted 60 million dollars trying to help Netanyahu through, <laughs> uh, basically because it's a failing right, newspaper, right. then we're not making money, right. and we've lost 60 million dollars trying to ga- kind of give him a platform, mm-hmm. and he blew Sounds it. Sounds like Fox mm-hmm. News. And instead, so, so with their own admission, right. with their own admission, they've uh, admitted that basically here is Sheldon S. Adelson of Las Vegas mm-hmm. and from the United States who going is all me, the way who has a lawsuit against all, him also, yeah. all the way yeah. into mm-hmm. Israel spending millions of dollars to keep Netanyahu afloat because now for better words whatever hit the fan between mm-hmm. them right and now they're admitting to this so so what I'm saying I'm saying now even though I don't know if, I don't think this will succeed mm-hmm. I mean Netanyahu now doesn't care Mm-hmm. He knows. He's I mean, very desperate. because very uh, you know, desperate. like today, I was reading articles. Oh, maybe this is kind of a move towards apartheid. No, apartheid has, has been there. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it has been there. I tell you, when it has been there, it actually you can trace it mm-hmm. to the minute when they annexed East Jerusalem mm-hmm. and created two separate sets of laws. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a Jerusalemite, but they yeah, label us yeah. under East Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then we've had we've had to live under two sets of laws. And that's apartheid. By the way, I mean, in 1948, there were two sets of yeah, laws for you know. Palestinians inside Israel, for Israeli Jews inside Israel. Yeah, this is, yeah. So the law of return, all these laws that they've already that's, codified but then, from the beginning. But then the state, also yeah. the next big step for mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. to create Jewish-only roads that's connecting right. the settlements. Aber Samira. Yeah, so, so so the minute they did that, and then people, when you used to use what I call the A word, it mm. was kind of, you know, that's the bad word. You can't even refer, uh, use that A word, and I'll say it. Israel is an apartheid system yes. for the millionth time. Uh, we've been saying this for years. Mm-hmm. And I think now Benjamin Netanyahu is so desperate he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if Israel internationally is recognized as an apartheid regime as long as he gets re-elected, as long as they keep all the settlements. As, and, and, and just two days ago, I mean, I, we can be talking about this for hours. Two days ago, he said publicly that Arabs want to see every single, I'm paraphrasing, like every single Jew uh, killed and, and what have you. 
basically is inciting against mm -hmm. Palestinians because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, this is he, this is the prime minister when he had members of the Knesset who are Palestinian with Israeli citizenships and so forth. He was inciting against them. Right, right. I think I think it's it's also it's uh, definitely I agree with you. And I definitely and you said we, we should talk also about what happened with the Palestinian Authority and Oslo. I mean, there has been multiple agreements again and again, H1, H2, about Hebron, uh, the various uh, acquiescence, the, Isra the Israeli-Palestinian security uh, arrangements. And also, I'm a bit, um, well, I'm not surprised. I'm kind of like just taken aback by Palestinian officials who are coming out and saying, this means it's the end of the conflict. I mean, seriously, it has ended a long time ago. <laughs> All the stuff has ended a long time ago. That's and right. Guys, wake up. Wake up, and this is the, the thing that the world is shocked. The international community is shocked. People on the grassroots, including in the United States, which has always been considered the most important scene for Zionism after Israel. I mean, there is fish, fishers all over the place. And there is this support that's growing. And, 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 and the Zionists are desperate, and Israel is desperate. And they are trying to buy themselves more time. One time they're allying themselves with Trump and doing the Trump Heights. Very interesting for me. It's kind of like, oh, is this like Brooklyn Heights or something? <laughs> you're creating Trump Heights and Golan Heights. You're doing all of these things. You're trying to do all these gimmicks. And whatever gimmicks you do, and the problem is that the gimmicks have real impact on people's lives. That's right. And they are trying to do all of these things to kind of like always, always distort and attra distract attention from what the issues are, what is happening. There is a deepening of settler colonialism. There is a deepening theft of land. And there is also, if you look at it, exactly what Trump is doing. Every single time he fails at something, he'll come up with something else. He'll attack the four congresswomen. He'll attack uh, Elijah Cummings. He will talk about invasion. Then somebody in, the, in El Paso goes and shoots all these people and so he continues doing it. It doesn't work. People are actually not convinced except for his own racist base. And so they are trying to whip up that because it's true. Netanyahu is desperate. He would like to do that. At the same time, let's just think about whether Netanyahu or others win the elections. There is this kind of like they're competing about which one of them is more, more oppressive, right. who's more racist, who is more going to try to crush the Palestinians, who is more saying all these like racist comments all the time, oh, Palestinians can be trusted. This is we made a deal with the Palestinians. As if they actually, actually really, as if they've actually even met the Palestinians one quarter of the way. Let's, let, let, let's even, not even 50% of the way. So there is something awfully wrong. And that to me raises the question of what do we do? as scholars, as activists, as people of conscience, as people who support justice, it is really, really important because the mask has dropped. The mask has dropped again and again and again. So um, I think it's really, really important for us to be able to kind of say, yeah, why is it that we are, people are not pushing more for BDS? Where is the people in the United Nations and various international agencies that are doing? Some people will say the New York Times had an article saying, oh, where are the Arabs and so on? And we, which Arabs are you talking about? Are you talking about the Arabs in government <laughs> like MBS in Saudi Arabia who went and slaughtered one of the, of the opposition figures after they have been oppressing people and so on. This is not the Arabs. This is the governments who have been installed and kept in power by the United States. On the grassroots, people around the world are supporting Palestine, including in the United States. This is widespread. And I think that's what we really need to be building upon. We need to, I mean, we need to analyze. We need to be able to debate all these issues in mainstream discussions and so on. So we can, we, people can understand what's happening because that's the only media they hear. They don't hear international alternative media like KPOO, like Arab Talk Radio and so on. But once we've done that, then the question is, what do we do next? What is, what is the agenda?
That's the voice of Professor Rabab Abdelhadi, professor of uh, ethnic studies at San Francisco State, founder of the Ahmed Program, international scholar among the elite intellectual scholars on the question it's of not Palestine. Just elite. <laughs> Let's <What>? avoid the elite. <laughs> well, I got to think of a better mind. word. Yeah. One of the top. That's okay. a little neutral. Yeah. Okay. Thank I you. Mean, I appreciate I don't that. mean yeah. El- yeah. elitist. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. mean, you know, yeah. okay. special. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. But Rabab, the, I want to take a step back. Okay. That's a really excellent analysis. Prior to the threat of annexation, and we already know, right. it's functionally yeah. already annexed. Yeah. But there's now the threat of uh, military action mm-hmm. of the Israeli military in, well, they've already taken action in Lebanon and in Syria. Right. There's the threat yeah. in Gaza, in Gaza mm-hmm. and, and in Iran. What do you make about bringing in the Iranian slash south of Lebanon slash of Hezbollah equation right now? Anything? Yeah. I mean, Israel is going to try to do everything in its power, again, to distract attention in Arabic, we say the remat fil You know, you throw dust in order to actually distract people from what's going on. And that's what they are trying to do. They keep trying to say, we are being attacked here, we're being attacked there. And one of the things, by the way, Netanyahu says, talks about national security. And it was actually in the 80s, in the late 80s, I don't remember exactly when. There were 200 Israeli generals who issued a statement and said this whole thing about the depth, the strategic depth that you're talking about, that Israel cannot withdraw from the West Bank, for example, because of strategic, doesn't make sense. They said, actually, Israel, Israel has nuclear, at least, at least 200 nuclear, at least, at least. At least. We know from last when Vanunu uh, exposed it was 200. We do not know how many more they have now. So there is kind of like this constant, we are under attack, we are under, it, it really reminds me a lot of what the Zionist movement is doing here. It's kind of like you're attacking everybody else and you turn around and you say you're under attack. Okay, again and again and again. And this is what Israel is trying to build. Say, so, oh, we are, it, 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 it draws on Islamophobia. Right. It tries to incite Shia, Sunni uh, divisions. Of yeah. course, the Arab, the, the, the Arab, the, the, the U.S. Arabs, the boys, of the United States in the Arab world are also trying to whip up this kind of uh, um, um, really racist and and, uh, sectarian uh, tensions and so on. So they're trying to build on it and they're trying to present Muslims as the, 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 the boogeyman. They are in, uh, they're threatening our security, they're doing this, they're doing... So actually, if you think about what happened in the south of Lebanon, Israel went unattacked. South of Lebanon responded. Every single minister in the Lebanese government, by the way, got on TV and said, of course, it's justified. Of if it course. wasn't, if Hezbollah didn't do it, the Lebanese army would do it. Lebanese army doesn't have the same strength, but there was complete support that you, you cannot continue threatening the sovereignty of Lebanon and think you can get away with it. That's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay to go in the depth of Syria and bomb. It's not okay or to Baghdad. go in Iraq and, and bomb. It's not okay to keep bombing and to, to think about, and this is also a problem because the Arab countries, that the Arab governments are actually not doing what they are supposed to be doing. They're not representing the interest of the people. They're not representing the people on the grassroots, who if it's left up to them, let's say in Syria, they will go and they will, they, they want to liberate their Golan Heights. They do not accept Israel. They do not accept what, what the United States is doing. People in the Golan Heights are every single day are um, resisting left and right. So this is all kind of distractions from focusing on what it is. There is a colonial power in the region called Israel. 
that actually has tried to 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 act as uh, to to take uh, took over Palestinian land, dispossessed Palestinians, made almost a million Palestinians at that time refugees, and now we have in excess of five to eight million right. people. You know, the census has not been done, and they continue. They are they're destroying Gaza. They are disfranchising Palestinians who are in Israel, the people whose home it is. They actually, by the way, an uh, annexation is happening inside Israel every single day. That's there right. is more and more, not only in Nakab, in the Galilee, in the Triangle, everywhere. Where people are, if you, if people follow what's going on, stuff is happening all the time. In the West Bank, remember Sur Baher? Mm-hmm. Not long ago, Sur Baher, it was even in Area A, area of the Palestinian Authority. The people had a permit from the Israel, from the Palestinian Authority to build the building. Israel said, no, this is not convenient for us. We really need to expand the wall and we need to be able to expand the so they went and destroyed buildings that had hundreds of people living in their right. families. So this is continuing every single day. And every single day they'll come up with a new uh, name for it. But really at the bottom of it, it's about dispossessing people. It's about creating strategic base in the region that has collaborated with these Arab governments and with the United States because they don't want to allow anybody to be able to breathe. Because if you breathe, if you breathe, the oil also becomes the natural resource of the region, <laughs> belongs to the people of the region. That's and that right. is an honor for colonial We're powers. talking about breathing. I want to talk later on also connecting about what's going on on the ground in Palestine and uh, also silencing people from criticizing this uh, act of colonialism and aggression in the United States. In the United States. But before I go there, one more story I want to also have us Sure, but before the story, you're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO in San Francisco, 89.5 FM, streaming live at Arab Talk. No, we're going to be posting it. We'll uh, post it later. Yes. Streaming on KPOO.com. Yeah, we'll so, yeah, we're going to be posting all this later. We're having some technical issues in-house right now, but uh, it looks like... Uh, the technical issues are resolved, but we'll still post it because we want to post the full show. Yeah. So anyway, the other big story that is a non-story right here, even though it made political, right? Because, you know, especially today we're going to have the debates, the democratic uh, debates. We have other I, stories. I, I don't Trump. think this is going to come I up. I don't think this is going to be a big story. But this is actually a story that has been ongoing for That's at right. least two years. Just this is not like a today's discovery. Right. Today we have now we're starting to learn about it. So the U.S. government concluded within the past two years that Israel was most likely, and I love the words that Politico chooses. So who, who most, else, who else is it? I don't know. Most likely. They probably had who e- else equipment made and stamps made in Israel. But I said, anyway, most likely behind the placement of cell phone surveillance devices that were found near the White House and other sensitive locations around Washington. This is according to three former senior yes, U.S. Yeah. officials with knowledge of the matter. So we learn about this two years, right, in the investigation. But unlike most other occasions when flagrant incidents of foreign spying uh, have been discovered on American soil, the Trump administration did not mention it, did not rebuke the Israeli government, and there was no consequences for Israel's behavior, according to this former uh, official. That's very disturbing. They placed miniature, just miniature surveillance devices, uh, colloquially known as stingrays. Mm-hmm. These are like, uh, you know, they mimic regular cell towers uh, to fool cell phones into giving them locations and identity information 
So basically, they're listening to the conversations that were ongoing yeah. in yeah. the White House. And um, and they say these, these devices were placed to spy on President Donald Trump. This is according to one of his uh, former officials and his top aides and close associates. So no word from the White House yet yeah. on this. Nothing from John Bolton, the former uh, national security uh, That's another office. story, actually. Yeah. We could and, then, and then Netanyahu denied it, of course, today. Yeah. And, of course, and, and they said, actually, no, before the Netanyahu denied it, the, um, the Israeli ambassador in Washington, D.C., the spokesperson, mm -hmm. yesterday went because it was questioned and said, absolutely not. <laughs> period. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely not period. Like, okay, we never had a Jonathan Pollard before. Yes, right. We never had incidents like this. I believe this is a huge and big story and it shows a pattern here. Right, right. Not only the pattern about, you know, we're not talking about just spying on a country that supports you in the excess of three and a half billion dollars per year, Oops. but also just sorry, sorry, sorry. the pattern of sorry. denial the denial by but even but and prior, covering but prior that administration denial. prior administrations would at least acknowledge it no this, ma, not necessarily i mean sometimes they, they do would, sometimes they don't and even with jonathan pollard it took a very long time i think it's very interesting what that israel i mean this is how desperate this is how why is israel always saying to the palestinian you need to recognize my right to exist i mean israel is one of the most powerful countries on the face of the earth. Why are you so obsessed about it? Israel doesn't even trust the Trump administration when they have top That's officials, right. Kushner, F Friedman, uh, Greenblatt just resigned. They brought this kid, who, Avi know, the gopher, yeah. the gopher, picks up coffee, put him in. I mean, they don't even trust people who are their strongest allies in the White House. This is an act of, again, desperation. I think it's, I mean, we really need to show about that. Look, if you, look, if you're doing what you need to do and you're going about your business, what do you care? What do you care what other people are saying and so on? But Israel is in the spy business. And I want to also say something actually even more damaging. NSO, which is an Israeli company, has been caught spying on human rights organizations in Mexico, has been spying on the families of the 40 students, 43 students who were, who disappeared, spying on the president of Mexico, spying on everybody else, and they also also are being now implicated in the killing of Khashoggi. And they have been also given uh, intelligence to Emirati government, and they're supposed to have signed something about respect for human rights, however they make of it, and so on. There is something going on about, about a, a country that claims to be a legitimate country that constantly going around and spying on people and constantly trying to harass people on well, top, and is so, is so paranoid right. that actually with all its might and power and so on, because it knows what it's doing is illegitimate. Right. It knows that colonialism is not something that will last. It may last some year, but at the end of the day, it will it will be defeated. So, Rabab, just to add to that, which I think is kind of interesting, you you mentioned NSO. Mm -hmm. What NSO did, by the way, is create a software mm -hmm. to hack into WhatsApp. Right. That's right. what they did. That's mm -hmm. how they. That's, right. that's how Saudi Arabia was able to monitor Khashoggi's, mm. you know, uh, WhatsApp, uh, so-called encrypted uh, mm. communications. Mm. But on top of that, mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein yeah. hired Black Cube, which mm -hmm. is in his yes. former in Israeli intelligence. From the military, by the way. From the military yeah. Yeah. to uh, spy on and to create and to pressure 
all of the women that were sexually assaulted and raped by Who Harvey came out Weinstein and spoke against yeah, them. Yeah, spoke yeah. against them. Same with Epstein, by the way. I mean, this and is it's like the all same, of these. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, these organizations, these Israeli organizations from their intelligence community are notorious for, for doing these kinds of things. Why are we surprised? I mean, this is created by a military that's going around killing people that kill somebody who's injured on the ground. Somebody who's actually a medic who has signed the Hippocratic Oath kills somebody who's injured on the ground. Right. Abdel Fattah Sharif. Right. They're the ones who picked up, pick up children and put them in, in, in prison every day. And, and I want to just them. put a blog for the, for the bill that Betty McCollum and others are, yeah. are the, the human rights bill for the children, Palestinian children to um, tie USA to that. This is the country that is annexing and, and attacking every, everyday people. This is the country that actually its prime minister gets up and says, uh, uh, you need to go spy on Palestinians because that's where the corruption mm -hmm. is. I'm like, you know, seriously. I mean, you're implicating <laughs> all of this stuff. You're not. You're not even loyal to your own friend, uh, Sheldon Adelson, and you're trying to make deals with other newspaper in order to put down the news, the only newspaper that's free in Israel that's actually supporting you. Like, there is no loyalty, and I'm not surprised. I'm actually, I'm only surprised about the liberal people who actually are gullible enough to actually believe there is any redeeming qualities in Israel. I mean, this is really, this is what really shocking to me, is that when people start talking about it, it's like, what are you talking about? Look at the history. Look at what happened before. Look, Look at what happened happening. when Zionism was created, even the, 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 the correspondence between Rose and, and, and herself. Look at all the, everything that has happened with the history of the country throughout, from through the, the whole uh, colonization of Palestine, throughout the, the, the delete plan, throughout the kicking of the Palestinians, throughout the massacres and so on, again and again and again and again. There is, this is the thing that there is a consistent record. Mm -hmm. If anything, there is a consistent record of Israel doing what it's doing. So we shouldn't really be surprised. And again, I think we should explain it and talk about it. But underneath it all, this is a pattern by a regime that is illegitimate, that also believes it's illegitimate, by the way. Israel, this is why Israel is so obsessed about being recognized. I mean, not recognized as a state, but recognized its right to exist as a colonial project on the land of the Palestinians by the very big victims that it, it, it colonized. So I think I'm not surprised about all of this stuff. I'm surprised about the people who believe it. So I, so I want to uh, continue on this topic. And actually, we're going to talk about it in more, more details probably next week because the, these stories are not going to go away. Yes. But I want to shift the discussion a little bit because a this uh, silencing of the critics of Israel and the attacks on Ilhan Omar, the attacks on Rashida Tlaib and others. Ayanna Presley. I, I, it's no, part not even no. before, Jamal, they are so afraid of two Muslim congresswomen going there and seeing what's, what, what well, they can see and speak about well, the same uh, thing they did to them at the border as well. well. Well, this is, but because this is really important because this discussion is, are we seeing any changes here mm -hmm. in this country because you know when we had the issues you know and now I can freely say and I've been saying it and I've been criticized and we've been criticized for referring to Israel as a, an apartheid state before and I'm saying now some people are saying it mm -hmm. yeah. people are seeing this and they're coming out publicly yeah. if they don't kind of drop the ball totally and saying it's an apartheid state say well it is apartheid like 
conditions. So we're hearing this and we know at the same time there is this powerful machine that's behind silencing all these critics yeah. starting yeah. from APAC mm-hmm. and locally from different organizations right here in the Bay Area that anyone who comes out and basically discusses anything about the Israeli occupation. I'm not even talking about apartheid or even the policies. Yeah. So now I see even within their tone for the first time, by the way, APAC has been distancing itself from Netanyahu. So they say we support Israel. In a very subtle way. Yeah, they yeah. are, They, you know, uh, and, you know, and then they shift the conversation. Like I saw the other day a tweet from APAC talking about, you know, Israelis getting attacked from Gaza, like thousands of rockets falling on the Israelis. They don't talk about the daily killing of Palestinians, uh, demonstrators and children or the, you know, any any of this thing. But then they will kind of like, oh, we really don't agree with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Are they against uh, the annexation? Uh, the recent... Uh, really? They no, they were no, actually no, no. against, for they example, against preventing, preventing Ilhan Omar because yeah. you're preventing two members of Congress <laughs> who actually decide on... Sign the checks. Sign the, on foreign aid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is, this is kind of, I said, the soft uh, split, but on... On the grassroots level, yes, yes. more and more people are basically are getting more, or saying getting braver, mm-hmm. or more outspoken, and saying things as they yes. are. Yes. And at the same time, so how do we balance? Because I'm addressing this to you directly. You're under constant attack yes. by these different organizations, different organizations that uh, you became famous recently that they've they've had a whole segment about you on Fox News, yes. Fox and Friends. Mm-hmm. And you have local organizations like Amcha and, and others in, in, in the Bay Area writing letters and collecting signatures from organization or so-called organizations that are funded, for example, by the... By Adelson. By Adelson and others, but also yes. they're funded by, by the, Jewish the Jewish Community Federation of San Francisco yes. Yes. when we know mm-hmm. that they have been spending more than $300 million in the past few years stalking Islamophobia, yeah. supporting uh, uh, racist uh, platforms, yes. supporting uh, Campus Watch, yes. supporting uh, Horowitz. Horowitz and all these groups, including... Yeah. Geert, Geert, Geert Wilders. I mean, I mean, they've been exposed, mm-hmm. which, by the way, they've been silent because you could see everything there in their nine nine in their tax forms, right. and and then yet they continue these attacks. So, what's your answer to this? I think there is multiple levels to say about that. Okay, I'm and I'm I, a first of all, bullies become re- more nasty. And they, they bully more and they attack more the more they start losing. I mean, if you even think you talked about Weinstein, right? You think about the ways he was trying to like basically intimidate his oppo- the women who are exposing him. Right. He victimized them. Then he wants them to shut up. And then he wants to intimidate them from actually speaking up. When the whole problem, if he hadn't done what he has done, he would not be in this place. It's the same thing with Israel. Right. If you stop attacking people and colonizing and so on, at one point, actually, the Palestinian Authority said, oh, let's have two states and so on. If they had actually even accepted that, right. they would may have had less of a headache. Okay, But the problem is that they are desperate. What desperation means to bullies is that they get nastier. They attack more. They get more vicious. They use every trick of the book in yeah. order for them to silence. 
look, let's just compare just a couple of his periods of history in the U.S. Let's think about McCarthyism. This is when m millions of people were involved in against the U.S. politics and so on. They created McCarthy, created the Committee on American Activities, tried to intimidate people, tried to make them lose their job and so on. When you came to the question of Vietnam, then it became really, really important for, for the U.S. government to kind of crush anybody who is opposing its colonialist interventionist uh, politics there. The same thing happened with the civil rights movement. Whenever movements grow, the, uh, the the oppression gets bigger. I mean, this is kind of like this is uh, this this it happens in all histories of human. The more it is, when you talk about the Battle of Algiers, the, the struggle against apartheid in South Africa, wherever you see it, the more people struggle and the more likely the movement to succeed, the nastier. The, the, the colonists and the racists are going to be and they don't give up. They don't say, oh, maybe we really need. And I keep thinking, give it up. Why don't you go and think about what you are doing and realize what you're doing is wrong? And why don't you supporters of Israel instead of you every single day making Rabab Abdel Hadi your business? OK, you're trying to stop us from teaching what we need to teach. Where you're trying to stop us from speaking truth to power. And I'm doing I'm doing what actually the spirit of 68 is doing. I right. am doing what the strikers in 1968 did. I am doing what the, co co uh, the, the purpose for creating the College of Ethnic Studies 50 years ago was. I am, I'm a, I am doing what the creators of the uh, Ethnic Studies curriculum, the K-12 curriculum in California schools intended. I'm not doing anything different. I'm actually doing the same as everybody else. That, trying to decolonize the curriculum, trying to make sure that our kids actually learn about what's going on, about the histories and so on. So they can become, come out of school actually to create a different society, which is the function of education. Education has always had a function to create different kinds of citizens. It's just a question of what it is. So they're constantly, every single day, they are attacking left and right. If this doesn't, this doesn't work, they try this. If it doesn't work, now what they're trying to do, because they're so desperate. They tried to crush Ahmed studies. We have a minor, we have the courses, we're continuing. They tried to crush the, the collaboration we did with Anajah National Universities. Not only did the collaboration stick because we actually did it right. We went exactly the way it's supposed to be. And it was approved even by CSU. So is our minor, by the way. It was approved by CSU, and it is justice-centered knowledge production minor. This is exactly what we're what we're talking about. We they tried to crush the Edward Said scholarship. It didn't. It didn't. Every single time they're trying left and right. They sued me in federal court, right? And the judge not only lost, the judge dismissed with prejudice and wrote 41 pages. Now they try, and we, I know we'll talk about this. Like they, they tried every single thing we're trying to do. We're trying to say we want to hold San Francisco State accountable, accountable. as a public institution. We're trying to take CSU accountable, which is the, supposed to be the educational place for the students who have never, their families have never gone to college, for children of immigrants, for poor people, and so on. Because it's a public institution, our responsibility is to the public. What we are doing, everything we are doing in Ahmed, we are actually investing the taxpayers' money. The way we are supposed to do it and they are completely unhappy about that so constantly constantly they are keep picking on me because they think they've tried they you know they cut that they deprived us of our faculty and so on and our support and people collaborated with them in the university now they think that if they cut nastier and they collude with fox and friends which is a discredited program they collude with Brooke Goldstein, by the way uh, who's a discredited donald, donald, but it is donald trump's most watched mm. 
Probably. Yeah, yeah, he, he loves luck. Yes, yes. That's where he gets his information. I mean, that's why it shows you the disaster state of the United States. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, and then they, they and then I, I start getting, uh, as you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but the death threats I received as a result of that. Right. And we can talk maybe about them long, because it actually resonates a lot. Yeah, no, no. This Even is the afterwards. letter I received oh, letter, right. two weeks ago, a month ago, that basically built on the, on the tropes of what uh, Trump said, go back, uh, quote, unquote, shithole countries that he referred to, African countries and Haiti, uh, Islamophobic. Uh, we're going to ethnic cleanse the United States from Muslims. I mean, it's, it's, it's very threatening. Don't even watch out when you're crossing the street. Watch out when you're talking to people. If you have an argument, something may strike. It's again and again, all of these intimidating tactics in order to say, you know what, go and hide. And I'm saying, you know what? Just like the people who vote McCarthy. Was, and this oh, no, was yeah. sent to your faculty office? Yeah, that's what sent to my office at the College of Ethnic Studies at San Francisco State and University. And what is the university is also, doing about it? Uh, we do not know. Hmm. The university claims we want to do something about it. Well, but we have already, we have historically, at the very least, I counted in very, very quick, like five minutes, I went over 11 incidents from the Horowitz from the various things that have happened, from the fatwa that was issued against me in 2013, multiple things, and I said, where is the investigation? The Horowitz uh, posters, the attack against our students, the Canary Mission, the fact that our female students were threatened with sexual rape, and so on. What happened? Where is that? We do not know. It, none, we have no information about that whatsoever, but I am talking, but we're talking about these pro-Israeli groups who are constantly trying because they are they think that if they can actually make me shut up make me stop telling the truth make me stop teaching what i was actually hired to do i mean san francisco state hired me because i'm i'm palestine studies scholar they hired me because i do palestine studies you were this is my work actually, that's why you, they recruited me they, you were recruited just to be yes. just to say it for 2 years <laughs> for 2 years just cuz you you know and i and, and and this is to build the program based on my expertise in palestine studies based on my work in palestine studies and so you come now and you say oh i mean if the university changed this mind it's, it's a problem because i haven't i'm sticking to the program but they are so troubled by one faculty member saying things and, and speaking up and so on, and students who are want to just learn. I mean, kids want to learn on college. They want to learn. They want to debate. They want to. So they have such a, and the, and the thing that they're using is exactly like Netanyahu lies, dog whistle. So if you see the letter that Amcha organized, they say, She's out of control because they'd like to construct me as presumed incompetent it's or the angry, the, the angry black woman, you know, the whole yeah. stereotype and so on. It is it's they do this dog whistle thing so people can say, oh, this well, is dog, this wh- dog whistle and McCarthy uh, blacklist. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is what Canary Mission mm-hmm. is all about. But mm-hmm. again, because. Uh, we're going to be uh, coming to an end of our show very soon. Mm-hmm. And I want to we'll talk about this. No, 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 but I want to yeah. talk about this at least because, you know, these things, again, I keep coming back, they have been all exposed. Mm-hmm. When yes. we talk about Amcha, you know, for our listeners and those who mm-hmm. probably they can go to our previous shows, this is the major organization or the main organization behind, in California. Behind, California. Yeah, behind, mm-hmm. uh, behind the letters but who gives and Amcha harassment money? and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they receive their money from the same the source, the same okay. source. Yeah that also was funding Canary Mission. I don't know if they're still funding Canary Mission and funding these head groups. Yeah, it's very, us, it's very, it's, watch, it's very, it's yeah. all there in the nine, mm-hmm. uh, their 990 forms, you know, mm-hmm. from, you know, and by the way, sadly, just also 
the Helen Diller Family Foundation mm. is also caught in the middle of right, this right. because they have given $100,000 mm. to Canary Mission. I mean, mm. this, is, this is a well-known foundation involved in funding UCSF mm-hmm. buildings right around the corner mm-hmm. from, our, from, from yeah. our studio. And they were funding them to the extent, at least that we know of, from 2016, 2017, $100,000. Uh, so if this is, I'm just saying, but, but if, it is yeah. a pub, if it is a public yeah. knowledge, mm-hmm. why is the university not investigating? Because it's getting donors from, uh, right. from donors who are allied with these groups. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's it. I mean, th- we can, by the way, we can expand on this next week because there is new information that I have that Uh-oh. we can talk about. Well, on that? About on the funding. But can but I... Yeah, go yes. ahead. No, I was uh. going to say on that note, we'll, we'll come to an end. Do you want to mm. yes, put I want a, little to give tease, a, plug. a little teaser Yes, in I want to just say that we, are, no, we haven't stopped. So last night we had a major teaching symposium on colonial uh, geographies and border crossings. And we had uh, scholars on Kashmir, Palestine, and Mexico. Uh, in the Edward Said class, we are running the Edward Said class. We are running the comparative border studies, Palestine and Mexico. We have your course, uh, Jamal, Civil Liberties of Arabs and Muslims, post 9/11, 2000. By the way, we have an yeah. open we have an open classroom next week yes. as part uh, of the That's Constitution Day, yes. which will be at 12:30. We are going to be showing Enemy Alien, mm-hmm. and that w- which links the. Japanese um, exp- Japanese American experience during the internment period yeah, with War, yeah. with, uh, with you know Arabs and Muslims well, post 9 11. But I want to say I That's would like open, to open, come by to the, the whole Constitution Day. We have two days, okay. incredible conference. We actually are organizing in Ahmed. We are involved directly in five different panels. We have the Enemy Alien, the California Scholars for Academic Freedom are doing a big panel on quote unquote the Palestine exception with a question mark. We have the Enemy Alien panel at 2 p.m. We have a panel on on Tuesday by organized by the Jewish Voice for Peace on the deadly connection. We have a panel on the viewpoint discrimination which myself and another colleague from the union from CFA are doing so we have a lot of things coming up next week we are also having Tuesday is the anniversary of Sabra and Shatila massacre so Ahmed and Gubs are showing a film about children from two refugee camps and also having discussions about the Israeli elections it's going to be the Israeli elections day we have a lot of this stuff coming up so we really would like people to come and join us, support us, and also show us some community support and safety because the university is not providing. So where should they, I know on uh, uh, on Monday, Jack Adams Hall at, yes. uh, in the student union, they can just show up. Yes. Um, like I know at least that I'm going to be from 1230 till about 4 from o'clock. 11, from 11. From 11? Yes, because that's the California Scholars for Academic. All right. Academic. Well, yeah. thank you for joining us today. We want to give our deep appreciation to Professor Abdul Hadi for her scholarship but also for her generosity of time out of her busy schedule to come and join us today. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.